Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. Well, welcome to the building, church. Welcome online community. Uh, Wow, did you appreciate our team that led us in worship? I do, yeah. So good. Same God, same God. And Christy, thank you for that word. We don't get to opt out. That's part of the deception that we think we are, that we're, we're opting out. And you're, you're paying a price. Like, just because you opt out of something doesn't mean you don't pay the price for that thing, especially when it's in line with God's will. Uh, boy, I can start preaching. <laughs> That's just a good word. It's just like, I'm thankful that we just don't have a song service. I'm thankful that God calls us to worship. And when he, we worship, he, he communicates. It's, it's not, we're not singing just about God we're singing to God and there's to be an exchange of of revelation and communion right that's that's the difference of going through motions and actually having communion we can be in union but not communion family members are in union that are bloodline but they're 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 alienated and separated because they're not in communion Something's blocking that. There's hurt, there's pain, distance, indifference, different things like that. And he's a God that wants to be communed with. Amen? All right. Before I preach this morning some more, uh, I have a special announcement to make. How many know that uh, Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a season for everything under, under every activity under heaven? And um, we're in a season of transition here at The Rock. Pastor Kurt is transitioning off of staff, and, um, and so we're making that announcement public today. We've been in conversation for a few months now, just about dreams and visions and uh, transition, and it just became apparent that this was a season that he is, we're releasing him, blessing him to pursue the things God's planted in he and Brooke's heart for kingdom extension and expansion. And um, so I just want to let you all know that uh, there's no scandal. It's, it's important that we say this so that mind monsters and vain imaginations don't get in to, to our heads about, well, what's going on? What's really happening? Uh, deeply love Pastor Kurt and Brooke. Uh, I've been reminiscing a lot. He's been with us almost 15 years. That means he was about 30 when he came here, and I was 49. Yeah, I hadn't even reached maturity yet. Uh, we've grown up together. We've, we've grown together. We've, uh, I think one of the first encounters I had with him was he was still, I think, a youth pastor at another place, and our, our youth group was down in Branson or somewhere having a youth camp, and he and I played dodgeball. He was on the other team, and... We are both very competitive. <laughs> but do you remember the time, I thought of this one too, last night, today, do you remember in 
in Oklahoma when we jousted. Do you remember who won? Okay. All right. Yeah, just, I just, you know, I, I just had to lay that out there, bro. I mean, lower center of gravity, I understand all that stuff, technique, things like that. But anyway, but um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're uh, honoring them today and we're praying over them and uh, releasing them and blessing them as they go. Uh, you may have noticed there's a, a card table in, in, the, in the lobby if you want to write a note of appreciation for his, their ministry. Uh, we're also uh, wanting to bless them financially. If you want to do that personally, you can give through the Rock of KC and just note Pastor Kurt, uh, just or transition, whatever you want to put. We'll make sure that that gets to their to their life, their ministry. Okay, that sound good. All right, Pastor Kurt and Brooke, why don't you come on up and let's give them a big hand as they come. All right, praise God. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Philip. And, um, yeah, we love this church um, incredibly. Uh, it's been an honor to be here for 15 years and see what God has done and know what God is going to continue to do. Um, and it was about a year and a half where God had spoken to me in my prayer time, and he had said, um, in the fall of 2023, you're going to start having conversations around the church that's in you. And Pastor Philip had uh, message me and say, Hey, I want to meet with you. God's, you know, well, you didn't say that. And then I just want to meet with you. And then I'm like, Oh no, what did I do this time? <laughs> and we meet and he said, I've been praying and God had spoken a couple things. And one of them, he said, God said, there's a church in you. And, uh, I mean, you know, when God speaks, we ought to listen and be obedient. And so despite what we feel, cause I would have been content in many ways, this is our family and our kids, you saw on there, when I came, they were three and four years old. And, and uh, we would not be the people we are today. We would not have the marriage that we have had it not been for The Rock. I would not be healthier and moving in the direction had it not been for Pastor Susan. Um, and, yeah, there's just so many memories. I was, somebody, a friend of ours, put a video together last night, and you would get a kick out of it. Like, <laughs> one, I'm like, I looked like that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> you saw it. I had a thing in the middle. That was a thing, like, to do as a pastor. Jonathan, did you do that? Pastor? You didn't do that. I didn't think you were, yeah, you were way ahead. And that you, praise God, there's not pictures of you having. But anyway, I just, we just, from the bottom of our heart, want to say we love you. We love this church. We love our senior pastors. And God has really good things uh, for, for us, I, we know, and for, for this house. And so, yeah, thank you, guys. I'm going to ask our team to come on up. Let's, we're going to pray. Why don't you all stand and raise your hands this way and lift your hands towards uh, as we pray a uh, prayer of blessing and thanksgiving. Thank you, Father God. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. We thank you, God, that you do speak. You're the same God. You're the same God who calls. You're the same God who speaks. And thank you, Lord, that this is a good day. It's sad, but good. As we embrace your time, we embrace this season. Kurt and Brooke, we bless you. We bless you as you go forth to do all that God's called you to do, to be all that God's called you to be. We bless your future. 
We pray God's favor and provision put you in the right place at the right time with the right people. That God's kingdom would be extended in you and through you. We bless, we bless Brock and Judah. We, we bless their future and the call of God that's on their life and, the, and how they are going to extend your kingdom and their gifts and talents and abilities in the place that you have them, the place that you'll lead and guide them. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for Curtinbrook. We thank you for all the ways that he has brought, they have brought blessing to this house and the different uh, places that Pastor Kurt has just stepped into as youth pastor and worship leader and children's work and marriage and ministry and men's, just all the ways, God, we say thank you. And so today, Lord, we say thank you to you. And we pray God's goodness, grace, provision, hedge protection, favor be upon you. And that what you put your hand to would prosper to the will of God, to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a big hand. All right. Amen. Keep going here. <laughs> Amen. Okay, y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get into you? You can embrace this word. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we love you. We honor you. You're a good, good father. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that we are anchored in your faithfulness. Lord, that is amazing revelation. Even when we're not faithful, you're faithful. And we praise you for that. Lord, would you be so kind today to write your word upon the tablet of our heart that we may not sin against you? Would you be so gracious today, God, to allow faith to rise in our hearts as we stir our faith to receive your word, to mix it with faith, and then to act upon it? Lord, we need that grace because apart from you, we are nothing, but with you, all things are possible. So let our minds be renewed let our lives be changed and transformed in your image that we might bear fruit, the fruit of your likeness and of your character, and that fruit might remain. We would so prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then, if your eye is clear... Your whole body will be full of light. This is Jesus speaking in uh, this passage of scripture. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now here, Jesus is not speaking of your physical eyesight. We know that the physical eye, in order for it to work, it has to receive light, correct? We have to have light come in in order for us to be able to see clearly. Now, that's true, though, of our eye. The eye in the language here of Jesus is not your physical eye, but the eyes of your heart. It's, it's actually your moral character and compass. It's actually your whole being. And if it's, if it's not clear, then you're, you're going to filter things not clearly. Are you, you with me on it? It's like my wife will tell me at times, like, how do you see out of those glasses? 
Like they're all smudged and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, they are. And then I clean them off. And it's amazing how much clearer things really are. And so when we're talking about the eye here, we're talking about the whole orientation of our life, body, soul, and spirit. And God desires that to be clear, full of light, full of the light of God. Now, I'm going to title this message, Fix Your Eyes on Jesus. If there's ever a word that's needed in this hour, I believe this is a word for all of us. There is so much being said and spoken. There is so much uh, uh, crazy going on and opinions all over about this, that, and the other. World affairs, uh, money, buying gold, buying silver, uh, getting uh, supplies of food. I mean, it's amazing what's out there. Warnings, the, the fear-mongering going on. And how do you discern which is God speaking and just man profiting off of opportunity? And, and almost all... Uh, Advertisement and almost all selling is based on two basic human natures, fear or greed. They're playing on that to get you to buy. And how do you discern? Well, listen, if your eyes aren't fixed on Jesus, you're, you're not going to see clearly. You're not going to hear clearly. You're not going to discern clearly. And so my first point of my headline message is fix your eyes on Jesus. Because I want to drive that point home. Fix your eyes on Jesus. How many of you have ever had to tell your children, look at me? How many of you ever tried to get your dog to look at you when they've done something bad? What do they do? Well, that's a good thing. Because when an animal doesn't look away, like a bear or a lion, you're in trouble. (laughs) Unless you unless you got a big club or you can take them down because now they're in defiance at that point. But, but we will sometimes stare people down in defiance. And sometimes we refuse to look because we don't want to come clean. We don't want to admit or we're full of shame. Shame will cause you to look down and look away. God says, look at me. Fix your eyes on me. I want to I heal your shame. Look at me. I want to heal your brokenness. Look at me. I want to deal with your defiance. <laughs> Fix your eyes on me. And there it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... The, the cloud of witnesses is Hebrews 11. All the saints and the people of the Old Testament that had gone before us, Moses and Abraham and Barak and others who, who by faith did the things they did. Those are the witnesses that are, that are being spoken of. And therefore, since we're surrounded by these witnesses, therefore, since we have their examples of faith, I want you to continue in faith and I want you to uh, throw off everything that hinders Throw off everything that hinders. Some of you have some relationships that are bad company that corrupts good morals. And you you got to throw it off. I was just having a 
Clinton's been uh, spewing a lot of wisdom today because he and I were talking also earlier before service started that bad company corrupts good morals. And I said, Jesus was incorruptible, so he was a friend of sinners. So he never got corrupted by their friendship. And what I've discovered is that if, I, if I'm friends with sinners, either I am being corrupted by them or I'm witnessing to them and they're getting saved or, or they're not wanting to hang around me anymore. That's just what I discovered. When, when, uh, when I'm around sinners and I start letting my light shine and I start talking to them about their need of salvation and repentance and giving their heart to Jesus, they either end up getting saved and, or they end up going, man, I don't think we, you know, I don't, he's not any fun to be around anymore. And some of us have relationships that are hindering our pursuit of God. It's manipulation, witchcraft, control. And you need to throw it off. And, and you don't have to be mean about it. But you do need to take a stand. You need to decide which camp you're going to be in. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. You'd have to say that. You just say, hey, you know what? We, we can't continue this anymore. I'm... If you want to come over and have a Bible study, we can, but I'm not meeting you at the bar because I have a tendency to drink too much and it's not God's will for my life anymore and I'm just not strong enough to say no to it. And so if we're going to really be friends, then help me in my weakness. See, I mean, you don't have to be mean about this. You don't have to, get, you don't have to make, vilify them and make them evil in order to justify your going. You know that, right? So let us throw off. Let us, let us. So that means we're, we're, all of us are in this together. We need to help each other throw some people off the bus. No. <laughs> let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. How many of you have some sins that don't entangle you? Like there's sins that you're just not tempted by. I, every hand ought to be going up. Otherwise, you're like, no, I got every, every sin I'm tempted by. Now, there are some sins like addiction to coffee. Like, I have no. <laughs> be careful now, see? <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. But, but, but most of us have what, what I call a proclivity to certain sins that they're, they're weaknesses on our part, but they're not for others. And he says, let us throw off these things that, hinder, that hinders, everything that hinders, and then the sin that so easily entangles. And so you, you need to know yourself, and you need to make sure that you have the safeguards of God in heaven and friends around you that you go, hey, listen, that easily entangles me, so I got nothing to do with it. Like, I am not going to do it. There are people who, who cannot drink any alcohol without wanting to drink all the alcohol on the planet. It's a serious thing, and so they know like, I, no, this is not even a sip. And so we have to be respectful of that. Amen? We have to be respectful of it. 
and say that, like, I'm not there. I'm not going near that. It's not, I'm not there. I'm not in that place right now of strength. So I'm just going to avoid it. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, you put run and perseverance together and I'm going, if if you put sprint, I'm going, how many? You know, because the coach sometimes sprints, sprints are good. Like, I'll sprint, but 100 yard dash, boom. But then I'm one and done, it's over. Unless they're putting like 10 or 20 or 30 of them. (laughs) Then it's like, that's the stuff. But you got to run with perseverance. When I was doing the training at 50, I started training for half marathons. And I had a person who was helping me. And they're running along. We're doing some practice runs, some 5Ks, some 10Ks. And we're doing the 10K one time. And they said, hey, man, only, only three more miles, three more miles. And it's like only, only two and a half miles. And they're, they thought they were encouraging me. They were not. I'm like, I knew that, bless their heart, they, were, they thought they were encouraging me. I finally said, will you shut up? Seriously, I said, you need to shut up. I don't want to go another two and a half miles. I feel like I've already gone 50. Like, this, uh, that's not helping me. Like, I thought I had two more feet to go. This is not good. Just, if you want to say anything, just say, hey, man, keep going. Persevere, keep going. That's what, that's what I need to hear. I don't need to know. Oh, my gosh, another two miles. This isn't worth it. I quit. I'm not doing, uh, who came up with the idea of a half marathon anyway? <laughs> like, why did I even say yes to it? But, but this race that we're in, we have to run it with perseverance. That means you got to persevere. <laughs> That's, you got to overcome something. You got to overcome the bed. You got to overcome boredom. You got to overcome discouragement. You got to overcome setback. There's a lot, you got to persevere. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How do we do this? We fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because He pioneered your faith, he, He's the originator, He's the progenerator of your faith. Fix your eyes on the one who gave you faith to have faith. Fix your eyes on not faith. Don't fix your eyes on faith. Fix your eyes on the one who pioneered your faith. Do you know that none of us would have faith unless God graced us to have it? Like your your ability to believe was a grace of God who came to give you the ability to believe. That's why we're saved by faith uh, it's by grace through faith we're saved, that not of our own, lest anyone should boast. The fact that you're saved, you can't boast about it. The only thing you can boast in is that God gave you the faith to believe. So if you're going to boast, let your boast be in the Lord, not in yourself. And so he says, fix your eyes on the pioneer of your faith. Are you discouraged in your faith? Get your eyes on Jesus. Are you down in your faith? Get your eyes on Jesus. Are you discouraged in your faith? Get your eyes on Jesus. He is the pioneer of your faith. Get back to the beginning. When you lose your way, get back to your beginning. 
When you lose your way, get back to the place that you last knew your way. Get back to your first love. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You ought to go listen to Amazing Grace. I just, someone sent me a, a metal, heavy metal singer, Save Amazing Grace. He's got long hair, and oh my gosh, I'm just sitting there, whoa, like it was powerful. I sent it to a few people. I said, crank up, crank it up, baby. I'm about the four minute mark. He gets into that, like, boom. But how sweet to sound the day I first believed. The moment, and I was, and I'm like, I went right back to room 213, Kramer Hall, University of Missouri, Columbia, where I met, where Jesus came to me, lost young man, lost, dead in my sin and trespasses, not even aware of it. And he had the audacity to break into that dorm room and convict me of my sin and my need of a savior and cause me to cry. Good tears. I was like, man, Lord, it took me right there. He's the pioneer of my faith. He started this whole thing and he's gonna perfect it. See, that's it. You, he's the mature of that faith. You know, when I first got saved, I thought I had to be in a certain place, in a certain posture in order to pray. That's the only place God would hear me. Like if I was in a certain place, in a certain posture. But that was my youthful ignorance. I just didn't know. I could pray without ceasing. I could talk to God anywhere at any time about anything. See, you got to grow in your faith. And he's the one who helps you grow there and mature in your faith. You know, but when you're little, when you think, you know, when you're behind the thing and you say peekaboo, the kid actually believes you disappeared. Dogs still think that. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? You leave for one second, they greet you like as if you've been gone for a year. That's why dogs are amazing. Cats could care less sometimes. They do. They're just like... I don't know. I know some of you know. Yeah, guy, you get cats. Listen, I've walked into too many houses where cats are like. Now, I've, I've walked into a few houses with some demonized dogs. I could tell you story after story on that, but we don't have time. Where to? Okay, Philip, fix your eyes on Jesus and the word he's given you. Yes, yeah, see, I have to mind monsters. You guys. Trying to, trying to just model something for you here. <laughs> Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him. Why did he endure the cross? Because he saw you and me, and he saw the Father. He saw you and me. Father, that which you've given to me. I, here they are. Because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that what? Why do we need to fix our eyes on Jesus? So that we don't grow weary and lose heart. Every temptation you face is ultimately a temptation from the devil to get you to curse God and lose heart. It's a faith issue. When Peter was told by Jesus, Satan has desired to sift you. But I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. It's always an issue of faith. It's more precious than gold. People worry about their IRAs, 401ks, the price of gold, silver, all this stuff. They just, you know, is the dollar going down? Every day you hear the dollar's going, dollar's going to be worthless. You get to buy Bitcoin. What are you going to do when the internet shuts down and your Bitcoin, you can't exchange it? I just, this is the thought. I don't know. It's like, there's nothing you better be trusting in. Not silver, not gold, not chariots, not horses. You better put your trust in Jesus. That's where your ultimate trust has got to be in. Otherwise, if he, then God's obligated to blow it away. <laughs> you put your trust in anything but me. If you call him the Lord and you got your trust somewhere else, then he's obligated to knock that trust out. Think about it. May the fear of the Lord be upon us all. Point number two, let your heart capture his searching eyes. Let the eye of your heart, let your being capture his searching eyes. Like God, find it here. Find it here. So the eyes of the Lord, Hananiah the seer came to King Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? At that time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Another translation says whose hearts are loyal to him. What a fool you have been. From now on you will be at war. Listen, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Search me, O oh God, and see if there be any hurtful way within me. This is the eye that you want God to clean right here so that his searching eyes go right here. Here's one. Here's one right here. Their heart's fully committed to me. They want me more than anything else. They want me more than silver and gold. They want me more than security. They want me first, and that's where I want to come and put my full support. How many of you want that? Now, I want that I want that for you too and I want it for me and so I've found myself constantly as I pray and, and seek the Lord like finding stuff like God forgive me I've got way too much fear controlling my life and 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 way too I'm too conflicted in areas God that's not of you take it out God uproot it remove it I want my heart fully committed to you I, I, I'm, I, forgive me for allowing worry to creep in and take over. Forgive me, whatever, like cleanse me, oh God, and I will be cleansed. Heal me, oh God, and I will be healed. God, I've got blind spots I don't know that I have. I need you to be the one who sees them. I need you to be the one who exposes them and removes them and replaces them with your light because you're the father of lights and in you there's no darkness at all.
I want your searching eyes to find me faithful and committed. And I pray that for all of us as the bride of Christ. Number three, walk in the reverent knowledge of his all-seeing eyes. We need more fear of the Lord on us in these days. We do. We can't, we got to, Christy was just so right on. People just opting out. No, I'm opting out of holiness. I'm opting out of that. I'm opting out of that part of Jesus. I'm just going to opt out on it. I'm going to get my hall pass. I'm under grace. Stop judging me. Like, what is going on? Where's the fear of the Lord? Look, Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are where? Where are they? They're everywhere. Keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Proverbs 5.21, for your ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines all your paths. Psalms 33, the Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, that's a big one, isn't it? God, purify my motives. Purify my motives and forgive me when I justify them when they're not pure. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must what? May the fear of the Lord be upon us. May we walk in the reverential fear of God. His reverential, and reverence, God, you see all things. You know all things. Forgive me for, for, for lying, manipulating. Forgive me for trying to pretend to be something that I, you know I'm not. Come on now. God, just come and bring cleansing because there's nothing hidden from your sight. And God, I, I want short account with you. I, I don't want to have a whole lot of stuff I've got to deal with. I want to stay like, like, no, like no rope. Give me no rope because I'll hang myself. You know what I mean? Not, I'm not... Like, God, I, don't, I just don't let me go there. Cleanse me, God, and I will be cleansed. Heal me, God, and I'll be healed. I want my eye clear. I want this clear, God. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to live in insecurity. I don't want to live in vanity. I don't want fame. I don't want fortune. God, I want you to be glorified in my body, in my mind, in my heart, my spirit. I want to see people the way you see them, God. I want to respond the way you want to respond. I want to justify any sin. I don't want to justify any attitude that brings you displeasure, that hurts your reputation. It's like, God, your eyes, are, there's nothing hidden from your sight. Forgive me of my silly ways. Forgive me the way I try to cover my tracks when, when you're fully aware of everything. It's like, well, let's live, I want to live my life open before you, God. Point number four, fix your eyes on his purifying eyes. The king who sits on the throne of judgment winnows all evil with his eyes. How many of you remember your father's eyes or your mom's eyes when you weren't doing right? Huh? How many? Come on. You know the look? You know the look you could get from your parents? That, that 
look, whatever it might be, it's like, oh, man, I'm busted. God has those kind of eyes, but they're for our good. Hey, that look you would get from a mom or dad when you're out in public and they couldn't really do what they needed to do, (laughs) what needed to be done, but you knew it was going to come if you didn't straighten up. Man, Jesus, I want your eyes. I want you to purify me. Revelation says his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called what? The word of God. Don't despise the word of God, beloved. It's, it's, it's disheartening to me. So many churches today so many people I once loved and respected as men of God who are who are now disdaining the Bible it's wow it's 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 heartbreaking so one one pastor of a mega church calls certain scriptures clobber verses what we need to untether ourselves from the Old Testament. What? What? Jesus respected the Word of God. And I want to also. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean followed him on white horses oh thank God for horses there are horses in heaven Philip is a Greek term lover of horses I love horses and dogs and lions and tigers what happened to you little runts no Revelations 2.18, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things says the Son of God who has eyes like of what? Do you guys see the repetitiveness here? What are his eyes like? A flame of fire. That's pure, that means purification. How are you going to get pure? You're not going to get pure by, by, you know, not wearing makeup and following these rules and measuring your, you know, all this stuff man makes up to try to make people pure and holy guess what you know how you really get pure and holy you let him purify you you look in his eyes you fix your eyes on him and say let me let me put let me put my holiness in you it's not do's and don'ts and you can't touch this you can't eat that it starts on the inside His feet are like brass. Final point. Number five, fix your eyes on his word. Here's his word to you and me in this hour. In this hour of the end times. In this hour of here's the Christ and there's the Christ. In this hour of fear mongering. In this hour of on and on and on. Here's the word of the Lord. 
Here is the word from Jesus himself, the very word of God. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Therefore, keep watch. Wake up. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must what? Be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. How are you going to survive in the days in which we live? You will only survive by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. The author the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith beloved and so i'm going to tell you like you can get all enamored with what people are saying and the books that are being sold and being rapture ready and all this stuff but i'm going to tell you what if you try to lead people to jesus because of that and jesus tarries for another 10 5 or 50 or 100 years then i've seen that already and those people fall away because they are turning their heart to Jesus for fear of what's coming on rather than turning their heart to Jesus because they need to and so like listen I don't know the day I don't know the hour I don't know how close we are I, and people say oh well but we're in a season yeah and we've been in the season for 2,000 years if you want to be biblically correct and accurate and I have no idea whether we've got another thousand two thousand or three thousand but I do know this that today is the day of salvation and that Jesus is worthy to be followed right here, right now, no matter what's going on in the world. Can I get an amen and can I have you stand up? Because I want to land this plane. Oh, hallelujah. Bow your head with me for a moment. I don't want to assume that everybody in this room today has given their heart fully to Jesus. I don't want to assume that. I want to give an opportunity for anyone in this room to give your heart to the Jesus. I mean, to just say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. Maybe you've been religious. Maybe you've given him part of your life. But you today, you're convicted by the Holy Spirit. And he's the only one that can really bring that conviction. No one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit does it. So it's not by me trying to control you or convince you. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. If you say today, Pastor, I, I want to publicly confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to hold nothing back. I want to be saved. I want to be cleansed. I want to be forgiven. I want him to be Lord of my life. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. Is there anyone here this morning? I see a hand here. I see another hand over here to my right. Anyone else? There's hands going up on the left. It's a beautiful thing where you're just saying today, it's all, I'm all in because God went all out for me. I'm going all in. Like I have no one else to rely upon or trust in. I want to be cleansed of my fears and my insecurities. I want to be cleansed of my willfulness and my rebellion against God. I want God. And I want the free gift of eternal life. I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. And I ask those of you who have confessed Jesus as your Lord, let's join them in this confession of faith together. Let's pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to forgive me. I need you to heal me. 
I need you to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. This day, I turn from my way and I put my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you bore my sins in your body, that you were buried, and that you rose again on the third day. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. And from this day on, I ask you to live your resurrected life in me and through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that as many as received you, they've become a child of God. Thank you today, Jesus, for making me a child of God. Amen and amen. Come on, can we give God a big hand? We give God praise and honor and glory. For those of you that prayed that prayer, maybe you're turning back to God, maybe you're turning more over to God. <laughs> hey, keep pursuing God. We're, we rejoice and heaven rejoices. And we have a fresh start wall that's open right after service. And we have a book we'd love to put in your hand that'll help you to continue to take the steps to saying yes to Jesus. Now, I want us to close this message out with an old hymn, with just the chorus of it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus and stay fixed there. When all the counsel and all the stuff comes and make sure you go to the king and make sure you measure all of it. What say you, O king? I've listened to all the counsel, but what say you? Because your word matters most. You're my king. You're my good king. And I want to fix my eyes upon you. Let's sing it together.